WNYC Studios is supported by Zuckerman Spader. Through nearly five decades of taking on high-stakes legal matters, Zuckerman Spader is recognized nationally as a premier litigation and investigations firm. Their lawyers routinely represent individuals, organizations, and law firms in business disputes, government, and internal investigations, and at trial. When the lawyer you choose matters most. Online at Zuckerman.com. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Heyo, Lulu here. We are going back to the archives for hands down one of my top three favorite radio labs of all time. I'm not going to say any more. Yeah, wait, wait, you're listening. Okay. Here is Jad right. and Robert. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. Yeah. Rewind. Okay, so then, if <laughs> what? How are we going to introduce this? How would you convince the many people listening to Wouldn't stay it listening? Because it's a great story. It doesn't matter that it's figure skating. It's like a really good story. It's a good story that like pops off of. It's like okay. Uh, I'm Jad Abumrad. I'm Robert Krolwich. This is Radio Lab, and look, I I've never been a huge fan of figure skating, but like no. this story, I think asks a really interesting question. The question would be, what if you? with all your heart wanted to be the best at something but the persons who yeah. judge what's the best that there's something you want to do don't share their bestness with your sense of bestness so you do your best and their best and your best are different and now you can't best it out what uh, do you do what do you do story comes from our producer Latif Nasser and also producer Tracy Hunt okay okay okay, okay. all right okay so let's start then so okay so we're starting in 1998 we're at the Olympics in Nagano, mm, in Japan. Japan, and so we've seen the girl warming up on the ice. You have this woman, this figure skater, uh, Surya Bonnelly. How do you spell Surya? S U R Y A. She's French, 24 years old. She's black. Five times European champion, but all sorts of problems, particularly injury problems. She's got an Achilles tendon that's been stitched together. She pulled a muscle. She's on painkillers. And she competed for France in 1994 and just missed the podium. She's never medaled at the Olympics before. This is her, probably her last go um, in, in front of the world. For France, here is Surya Bonnelly. And it was during this performance that Surya Bonnelly did something that had never been done by anyone. Anyone. Ever. And you could either see it as a as a kind of middle finger to the establishment, like this huge F you. Or oh, speak oh, oh my, my goodness. Oh. Hello. Just this beautiful moment of self-affirmation. What did she do? Uh we'll we'll get there. Hello? Hello, Hi. how are you doing? Pretty good, thanks. I laughed out loud when I when I heard you say that you would call me on your Zamboni break. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it was like, it's the only time. And I guess okay, so to really understand just the context of all of this and the stakes of that that moment, we got to go all the way back. So, so how, did you, how did you first get into skating? Well, I did start skating because of my mom, actually. Uh, so Saria was actually adopted as a baby by this white couple in the south of France. She grew up in Nice. Uh, my mom was a sport coach, and she was able to be uh, like a volunteer for a gymnastic club and skating club. 
So even though, you know, I was small, tiny, tiny, um, she just put me on the ice and say, hey, just hang around and chill on the ice. And, you know, and I spent lots of hours there just waiting for my mom. And one day I get find out that I had, you know, um, some skating boots who fit me. And... Uh, <laughs> She started skating. Yeah. Fortunately, I was good at it. Pretty soon, she had a coach. From the local ring, I guess a coach can of call and have a meeting with your parents. Say, hey, you know, it would be nice if you could come like two times a week. Mm -hmm. Probably now it would be nice if we'll do maybe four times a week. Well, how about every day? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. And so by the age of 10, she decides she wants to spend her life figure skating. It was my dream to, you know, to do it, and I know I can. So she would go to these ice shows. Like holiday on ice. So when I see the show, I love the bling bling. I love the <laughs> showtime and just, you know, those fantastic costumes. She would see all these famous skaters. I had my eyes glue on those skaters. They would just be flying through the air. I thought it was, like, amazing. And she would go to practice, and she would practice all of the things she saw, all the, the double axles and the triple toe loops. And split jumps. And the sow cows and the double sow cows <laughs> and the, you know, quadruple double the triple axles. Do you have any idea what you're saying right now? No. No, no. These are all just words to me. It was very fast. I improved like every week, every month. You can see a difference. And speaking of difference, you know, if we fast forward a little bit. And here she is on the world stage, Surya Bonali. In 1989, when she appears at the world championships. The thing that becomes really apparent is that she is different. Yeah, because I was black. So I was like, people like, what? French, black. So I'm black, and I definitely remember when she was about to skate, my mom would be like, the black girl is skating. So we all had to, like, pay attention. <laughs> and so people start to be uh, kind of curious. This girl is very different. Well, it was, um, it was arresting. That's Johnette Howard, senior writer for ESPN.com. Soria Bonali is a striking and exotic figure on the ice. She, she just arrested your eyes when she skated. The, the contrast of her skin on the ice was beautiful. And then there were these fanciful stories that sprung up about where she came from. We are now taking you about as far away from the skating world as possible. Pretty much as soon as she hit the scene, you started hearing these rumors that she had been adopted from a coconut-strewn beach in Reunion Island off the coast of Madagascar. An unlikely place to find a world-class figure skater. And that she had, um, <laughs> that, that, that she, what was it? Notice her hair. That she never cut her hair. Surya has not cut her hair since her birth. That she existed on a diet of bird seed and, you know, all these things. Yeah. I mean, like, the, I, the idea, like, she's some kind of black forest princess or something. Exactly, Exactly, yeah. yes. Surya says, you know, at that age, she really didn't know too much about what was going on. You know, as a kid, I was like, whatever, my coach deal it, you know, he's the one who's speaking English. She could barely speak English. She was barely 16. Yeah, she was still a young baby. I, you know, I did talk to the guy who was coaching her at the time, uh, this guy named Didier Guy. And and he told me he planted these stories. We use the press very well. Wait, what? He said that he made up the beach thing. He made up the hair thing because he was trying to... She was a star. And what do we want to hear? Stories, right? So we made some stories, some good ones. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying that we're making up stories because you want to hear them. That is just creeped out. Yeah, I, you're that's absolutely weird. right. It's shady as f yeah. But I can <laughs> kind of see where he was going because... 
what he was trying to do was that he was trying to present her to the world as this like radically new kind of skater. Because the female skating at that moment were nice, cute girls. Especially for ladies, they like to keep the girls pretty. Flowers for Katarina. Those famous skaters like Katarina Witt. The ravishing Katarina Witt. Oh. Look at Sonia Henny. Sonia Henny. They were like totally like women, you know, pretty, graceful, who makes those men, you know, crazy when they were watching it, you know. <laughs> they were also white. How would I say? They, they had a certain conception of female skating. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the same one. And it wasn't just that she looked different, she also skated differently. It was a totally different approach. Saria was always very, like, explosive. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis Stoiko is in the building. <laughs> Three-time world figure skating champion. Met Saria at Juniors, 1990. For me, it was sort of a, a new a new face on the scene. And here's the, the like, the fresh stick of yum. Tiny 15-year-old French girl who's captured everyone's imagination here. Like, say, a Tanya Harding-style skating. She was just so exciting, and, and there was just no boundaries for her. This is Tanya Harding. Mm-hmm. And she and Saria were friends. The strength and the power. She'd step on the ice and people go crazy. Surya Bonnelli. She'd strike a pose and then just take off. Saria would go from one end to the other. Good speed across the ice. Flying across the ring. With powerful stroking. Her opening, a triple lutz and a triple toe. She'd come hurling into these jumps. Triple lutz! Soaring through the air. Triple toe! With powerful spin. Wow! And she'd do jump after jump. That really was a corker. She really is amazing. Combination after combination. Another triple flip. I prefer to hit a triple, triple jump than just to do a pretty spready goal. And she would attack everything. It's a very fast step sequence. She had the stepping, the gliding, the running. She had it all. What a talent. And the crowd here appreciate it. With such jumping ability, and there's no end to what she might achieve. Outside of competition, she would do these ice shows and exhibitions, and that's when you would see like what she can really do. She would just do all kinds of other jumps that weren't even allowed in competition. She would do backflips. She would do back hands. Flips. Fr- yes, backflips. The very first time that I ever saw her do a backflip, I mean, I just my mouth just dropped open. That's Tanya Harding again. <laughs> I was like, how did you do that? Because it's really dangerous. Elvis Stoiko told us that one time he tried it and it did not go well. I came down right on my face and I split my, my eye open and almost broke my neck. And I was just like, you know what? I don't think this is going to be a good thing. <laughs> oh, no. But this little teenage girl, Saria Bonnelly, <laughs> no problem. Just doing it like it yeah, was nothing. She was just absolutely fearless. And the crowd loved it. People like when they stand up and start making noise and tap their feet into the ground. I can feel like the whole building, buildings, I'm like, I swear, it looks like an earthquake. But here's what happened, and this is where things kind of get confusing. As Surya blows up and all these people who never liked figure skating fall in love with her over and over. The judges don't. Artistic impression. And you can see disparity from the judges of 5'7". Oh, and the crowd do not like the marks. Upset, no doubt. Even with the so, she doesn't get high scores? No. Tears begin to flow. It happened all the time. I skate good, but somehow I, it's not for me. And it's second place for Syria. 
So the judging system in figure skating goes from zero to six. And on Surya's artistic marks, she would get scores like five zeros, five ones. Yeah, you get your low fives, which like sounds like it's a good mark, but that's not a good mark. What did you think of those marks? Oh, the new my it's okay. Very, very disappointed. You were really terrific. Never mind. Life. I used to. What'd she say there? She said, "Never mind. That's life. I'm used to it." I thought it's still sports. Sports mean challenge. Every day I try to do the best that I could do. You do your best. It's fine. But clearly, there were some times where I got to her. There was this one time we found on YouTube where she. She boos the judges what? after she gets her score. The whole crowd is booing. Well, so why was she getting bad marks to begin with? What was the what was the problem? Well, that's a question, and yeah. it's kind of complicated. Yeah, well, I think there's several things. Um, Jonet Howard, that ESPN writer, yep. she says the first thing you got to know, and just to take a quick little dive into the weirdo world of figure skating. Let's dive. <laughs> is that there's this fundamental tension in the sport of figure skating between artistry on one side and athleticism on the other. Powerfulness versus prettiness. They, they want these people to look like little ballerinas but leap into these jumps like predators. Uh, <laughs> and at the time, skating was sort of locked in this loud and fractious debate about what do we want to be? And Surya was sort of the epitome of almost the end point. What could happen if somebody with unrivaled athleticism and no aversion to risk was willing to go after it. And I think there were a lot of people in skating that didn't want it. I went through it. I know all about it. Now, Tanya Harding, she said that she had this issue. I didn't want to skate like what they wanted skating to look like. Elvis Stoiko, too, but in Surya's case... There's a lot of work to be done on the choreography yet. There's a lot of work to be done on the grace. All those words used to criticize her skating... There's a lot there to be fixed. I'd like to see her stop jumping for six months and learn to skate. We're just a little bit more loaded. They would say things like, oh, raw talent there. You know, there's this, a lot of raw talent, but it's not, uh, it's not fully kind of, um, hasn't been refined. And, and it's, for us, like non-skaters, like that's been one of the challenges of this story, I guess, is like trying to see, like, is that a legit criticism? Or is this just a way of saying that she's black? It was racism. I have the courage to say it because she was black. So this is Marie-Ren Lagunia, and she is a former French figure skating official. And she was part of a team whose job it was to decide which girls to send to the uh, World Junior Championships. And we have to choose two, only two girls. And we had three possibilities. She said that she backed Surya. And uh, the majority of the people didn't, didn't want black skaters. Um, Were they saying it out loud? Like, we don't want somebody we don't want her because she's black or no was it? it was very subtle in fact according to her what they would say she, they would say the kind of things like she was too muscular or she wasn't elegant enough oh yes i have to say that word elegant many times i have heard that word she's not <laughs> elegant marie wren is an outsider in the figure skating world these days because of an unrelated scandal and so we weren't totally sure what to think about that but wait how did saria feel about all this well i asked her did you feel like any of the difficulty was because you're black? No. Did you feel like any no. of it was about race? No? No, 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 no. But, but then moments later, she said... Well, you know, when you're black, you know, everybody knows that you have to do better than anybody else who's white. Well, I think the idea that she was held back 
in mar in her marks for any other reason other than the quality of her skating, I think is incorrect. That's Sandra Bezik. I've been involved in the skating world my whole life as a competitor, as an Olympian, a commentator. And actually as a commentator? I'd like to see her stop jumping for six months and learn to skate. She was kind of hard on Surya. Yes. And when we asked her why, this is what she said. Everything about skating is built on circles. Uh, the radius could be huge, but it's still a circle. Everything is about edges and leaning into those edges and leaning into the turns and, and carving massive circles on the ice. And, and that is our sport, which leads to Surya. I mean, if you watch your jumps, they're, they were on straight lines. And if a jump is on a straight line, then it can't land with flow because the idea is to land your jump with as much speed and flow as you had going into it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that she couldn't do because she was jumping on straight lines. And, and then the other thing about skating that you don't necessarily get on camera is the sound of the edge. The sound of, of a beautiful skater going from edge to edge, from lean to lean. What does that um, sound like? It, it, it's... Ah, <laughs> it's a beautiful sound. <laughs> it's a sound that we all love. It's yeah. a it's a it's a gentle carving. Um, so it, like the it's image, a clean the sound, sound I have in my head is like a, like a hockey stop, but that's probably not the no, sound. You're no, 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 because there's no there. I can tell you there are no scratches. Mm. It's a glide. It's just a it's a hum. It, I, gosh, I wish I had a good word to describe it. And there are different sounds. I mean, like, there's the sound of Brian Boitano's back crossovers that, you know, used to, like, excite me when I was in the rink with him. But then there's also sort of the gentle, almost soundless um, quality of, say, a Yuka Sato mm. or a Katya Gordieva, um, where they're like a whisper across the ice, and yet they're, you know, flipping from one edge to another edge. Um, and, and forward to backward, and it's almost, it's just a, this glide. Um, I haven't got a good word for it. Damn. <laughs> so when, when Surya was skating, would she have that sound? No. She would be scratchy. Now, we should say that wasn't the sound of Surya skating or any of those other people. We just, like, mic'd up a whole bunch of... Like pretty good figure skaters. Were they professional skaters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are legit skaters. They're professional figure skaters, and we sent the clip to Sandra, and she was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so she gave you the thumbs up that we got it right. Yeah. But see, I don't necessarily hear whatever it is she is hearing and think yes. I mean, they sound different, but not even that different, really. So that's exactly the problem. Uh, ice skating is largely about aesthetics. So uh, as far as sports go, it's it's like kind of in its own category. Like, if you're talking about Serena Williams, who's facing a lot of these same kinds of criticisms, it doesn't matter. There's a line on a court, and it's either inside or outside. There are rules. Whereas there aren't these rules when it comes to beauty. It's, it's super slushy. And that makes someone like Saria much more vulnerable. So, so what ended up happening? Well, after a couple of years of getting these kinds of marks, she 
does some soul searching. I mean, I was a bit more mature. In 1992, at the age of 18, I had new choreography, changed my whole skating world, you know, I changed cultures. And she decides to take the note. She actually travels to California and works with Frank Carroll, who's like this legendary American coach. And what she's doing is that she's trying to, you know, be more graceful, more beautiful, more More elegant. More circly, yeah. And... After that, you kind of see a difference. Yeah, you can you can watch the YouTube videos from that period, and it, it's like she's a different skater. Huh. Yeah. Does it work? Yeah. In 1993, in the World Championships, she comes in second. Oh. And then by the time 1994 rolls around, she is a favorite. She is, she is probably going to win. And what happens? Things take a really strange turn. We'll be back. This is Radio Lab. Uh, let's get back to our story about Surya Bonali, or Bonali, as it's said in French, from producers Tracy Hunt and Latif Nasser. I, I was, I was, I'm really curious what what happened at that at that medal ceremony in 1994. Um, oh, it was the World Championships? That was in, the World Championships, Jap- not the yeah, Olympics. The, yeah, no, but, no, no, not the Olympics, no. Yeah. Well, we had this World Championship in Japan. Seven Olympic titles, 17 World Championships. Just to set this up, uh, the World Championships are the second most important event in figure skating after the Olympics. And at the Olympics, which were just a month before, the top three ladies... 16-year-old Oksana Bayol. Oksana Bayol got gold. Nancy Kerrigan is physically... Nancy Kerrigan got silver. Chen Lu got the bronze. In fourth place was Surya. Now those top three ladies, Oksana, Nancy, Lu... Out of the picture. Out of the picture. For Why? various reasons. Injuries and some turn pro and stuff, but whatever. Okay. The point is, at these world championships, the, the, the highway had been cleared for Saria. She was going to take it. It was hers for the taking. This is her winning season. Will it be gold? So jumping forward to the final day of the championship, Saria is in second place. She takes the ice. 20 years old from Nice in the south of France. Starts her program. Immediately starts with this double axle. That's very incredible. After that is just triple, 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 triple. It was just one of the best skates of her life. I knew I did my best. I did everything. It was uh, not perfect because nobody's perfect, but pretty good competition overall. Uh, Eventually, after about four and a half minutes, she finishes her skate. Surya Bonalee to Vivaldi's four seasons. Loads and loads of technical difficulty. The question is, how will they see her artistic effort? And she goes over uh, off to the side to a bench with her coach um, to await her results. Technical merit. And some five nines that please her. Those are as high as any we've seen. When she gets her marks, she jumps into first place, and, and, and there's only one skater left. It's a skater who usually finishes below Surya in competitions. Yuka Sato. 
Again, that's Sandra Bezik. We all know Yuka skating. She's the kind of skater that puts a smile on your face. Yuka was, you know, one of these really lyrical skaters. Making his return, Elvis Stoiko. And Yuka had it, had this very gorgeous, beautiful style and grace to her skating. This gentle, almost soundless quality, like a whisper across the ice. Basically, her skating style was the exact opposite end of the spectrum from Surya's. So she gets up, does her final skate in front of the home crowd. Yuka is one of my favorite skaters, but she doesn't have the combination jumps like Bonnelly did, so she's going to need all of her jumps, opening up with her triple legs. And she hits her first jump. Crowd loves it. She did good. She did good. She she had maybe less triples than me, but she was maybe more prettier. In, in her routine, there were these moments where it just looks like she was just sort of skipping across the ice. Just very balletic moves. I know, she's good, you know. They stand as one here at Makuhari Event Center for the local favorite, Yuka Sato. Now it's down to the judges as to whether the gold medal belongs to Sato of Japan or Bonali of France. So Yuka, you know, gets off the ice. She goes to wait for her marks. The first marks, of course, for technical merit, Bonali's strength. Although Sato skated and jumped so well. And every one of those marks, except the finish judge, go to Bonali. She wins eight out of nine technical merit. But when it came down to the artistic marks... Just the opposite than the technical marks. Eight out of nine judges, all but the French judge, giving her higher marks. Those go to Yukasada. Boy, this is going to be close. It actually ends up being a tie. So it goes to being a tiebreaker. And that's when the, the judges basically pick first, second, and third. And in a 5-4 decision... Artistic impression. There it is! She's got it! 5-4, to four. Sato is the new world champion. Unfortunately, they choose her. Off to the dressing room for the new champion. She'll be back, and so will we for the medal ceremony. What happens next is one of these moments that really defines Surya's story for a lot of people. So what happened was that... Uh, right after all the results were out, they set up the medal ceremony. They called out the skaters. They first called out Yuka. She comes out uh, from this tunnel backstage onto the ice. What a moment. Waves, smiles at everybody. And then, after about a minute... And now the silver medalist. They called out Surya. Surya But... The European champion. All the cameras crowding around, and uh, she didn't come out. Not immediately. A late arrival, and here she comes. She skates out onto the ice. She waves, but her face isn't smiling. No. And then when she gets to the podium, she congratulates Yukasato, but then. Well, Bonnelly has chosen not to stand on the podium. She just stopped before getting on the podium. She just stood right next to the podium. I think this is a a form of protest. I really hope she doesn't go through with this. She wouldn't stand on it. She was crying. Elvis actually was in the crowd watching. I I felt bad for her because I know what she was going through, where you know you outskated your competitor and they just wouldn't give it to you. And I was like, Saria, just get on the podium, take the medal. Give 
International Skating Union president, Olaf Paulson. The uh, figure skating official who's giving out the medals, he gives Yuka the gold, puts it around her neck, but then when he turns to Surya, he just sort of stands there, looks at her. He says something, but you can't hear what it is. She shakes her head. He puts the medal around Surya's neck, shakes her hand, and then he holds onto her hand and just kind of like pulls her onto the podium. This is a first for me, that's for sure. Just heartbroken. Oh, and she takes off the medal. She, she takes the silver medal off of her head. Like, oh my God, holy sh**, she's actually doing this? It was huge. It was a huge, it was a huge deal. The camera zooms in on her face and, and she is just weeping. Oh, what's going on inside that young woman? So after the medal ceremony is over, she just gets mobbed by reporters. Surya, Surya. Why did you not accept the medal? What was the problem? Because it's not my place, and I'm just disappointed. Are they unfair to you, Surya? What? Are the judges unfair to you? It's a lie. Do you feel you were robbed tonight? Is that what you're saying? Did you deserve the gold medal, Surya? And eventually what she says is... I don't know. I'm just uh, not lucky. I'm, I'm just not lucky. What what was going on? Like what happened? You, you... Uh, I think it was more like a point of saying this is it stop now. You know when you put your your fist on on a on a table and say okay now enough is enough. That's it. And say hey you know I'm not dumb and I'm getting sick now. I'm sick of it. I, have, I keep my eyes open. That is not fair. We has, that has to stop. And it was just so depressing and it was so not fair. Mostly it was not fair. And what about it felt unfair? Uh, just that you know. Happened over and over so many times that every time it's never me because whatever I can do, how many triple, I can be pretty, I can have the best choreographer, I can. So everything was made to be on the top. And still, right. I'm like, what do you need more of me to do at this point? You know, how many triple, triple you want me? If I don't do, you kill me. And if I do, you don't care. And anyway, you took somebody, you choose somebody else. Don't wow. you think that that's a little unsportsmanlike? Yeah, yeah. totally. Absolutely. Yeah, but if she... I mean, all these other girls have worked just as hard as she has, one presumes. Sure, but okay, so picture yourself if you're at that position, you're, you're in that position, you find yourself getting second, second, you feel like you're not, you're not... She came in second, that's it was okay. So, the margin was so close. It was so close. It's I think, always close. Yeah. I Can think, I... Like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Um, I, I just more like felt empathy for her. For her. I can't imagine what it must be like well i can't imagine what it must be like but i you know in that kind on that scale to be the only one and there is this um i think for you know a friend of mine once told me that racism can make black people crazy (laughs) (laughs) which is very a very broad way of looking at it in the sense that you kind of almost never know why people are reacting to you the way Uh. that they do and it's it, and it kind of you, you're always sort of second guessing, you know, was that, you know, did 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 they? Oh, that guy just came in and he said hi to everybody in the room, but he did say it to me. What is that? What was that about? 
And so there's there's no obvious thing about it, but it it can make you feel a little paranoid, a little crazy. Now, I cannot put myself, I can't imagine what, how, you know, Saria felt in that moment. But I didn't necessarily, like, think that, you know, these prejudiced people had denied her this. If anything, I felt more like, man, it really must suck to be the only black woman <laughs> skating <laughs> at that kind of level and not really understand why things are happening. Or maybe it, it, it must be like a very confusing situation to be in. And that is, and, and it was more like empathy. I don't know, you know, if, if, if it, there was racism. Quite frankly, Yuka Sato is an amazing skater. And I think you're right. It's very legitimate to feel like you can't put your finger on this feeling, which never goes away. No. And never resolves and is always there and always makes you feel weird happens what happens after the uh that's our producer matt keelty after the ceremony i think the i think the 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 rap that she got after this moment was that she was a sore loser Mm. and that she was defiant Mm -hmm. that she had a bad attitude and does she uh quit at this point or or no she keeps going she she competed again in the world championships in 1995 the very next year and she came in second again again so three years in a row in a similar pattern was there like just one sort of that one wasn't as As close close, but but she was second again for the third year did she skate a lot of other competitions after 95 or i I think yeah the various you know european championships you know skate america so yeah she was doing a lot she Uh, never she never wins not at the Olympics, not at the World Championships, no. So she never gets first? Uh, what? I guess it depends on how you define first. What do you mean? Well, you'll see. So that actually takes us right back to the beginning. We're here live at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning in Japan. So to jump forward, but rewind, we're in Nagano, Japan, 1998 Winter Olympics. I knew it was my last Olympics and last major, major big competition. And everything was fine until the day before the the short program, I I pulled a muscle. Her left leg. And I couldn't lift, I couldn't do anything. To make matters worse, Saria at that moment was already recovering from a ruptured Achilles tendon. People had to leave, uh, to carry me uh, to walk stairs because oh. I couldn't get stairs, so they have to lift me to go to my room because, you know, at the Olympic Village, I couldn't walk. You know, even I'm broken, I'm damaged, I'm like a used car that's really good good for, like, you know, for trash. <laughs> I was like, you know, really, I was so messed up between my legs and my Achilles, I was like, oh, it's a disaster. And the doctor say, uh, maybe we should uh, withdraw. I'm like, no, I'm already here. You know, I don't want to re- to just maybe retire. It's my, probably my last competition. I don't want to just retire like that. Just give me anything you can. I have to keep going. And so on the final day... She says that she, you know, between medicine, massage, acupuncture, pills... She goes back out on the ice. And is now getting ready to skate for her country. She's in this golden blue sequined outfit, and she starts her routine. You can tell she's favoring one leg, but she manages to land a few jumps. Didn't work for the Salco. Then she falls. She gets back up, keeps going through her routine. There's the triple Salco. And then she says she just got to this point where she just knew she couldn't do it. Um, it was so much in pain. 
and towards the end of the program I was supposed to go for two more triple and I said you know what I'm not gonna, I don't feel it I know I'm gonna crash I'm, I can't do I'm not capable my leg is not with me anymore and then what comes to her is that there is this move that she has in her repertoire that she can do but it's illegal. I had a special thing in my backpack and say, hey, I can do it. It's my last, it's my last competition. Was this all going through your mind as you were skating? Yeah, oh yeah, totally. You know, me, it's like a computer. You know, if I would have missed something or jump, I'll say, okay, here, I can fit a triple here. <laughs> Over there, I can do a combo, triple, triple. I know I need to fit something. You're like the GPS lady. You're like recalculating. Yeah, totally, rerouting. Okay, re- <laughs> what do we have to do right now? So in her rerouting, she turns around from skating forwards to skating backwards picks up speed just like she's about to do a triple, but instead... She does a backflip. <gasps> but not any old backflip. She swings one leg over. Does the splits in the air. Upside down? Yeah. And then she lands... <laughs> on one foot. Whoa. Oh! Speaking of Wait a minute, when you do the backflip, do you go? Do your skates go up towards the ceiling and then come back down underneath you again? Yes. It's a backflip. It's a backflip. I just am having trouble. I don't trouble. know how I'm else to... No, no, no. Wait, wait, why, why was it illegal? Well, it's illegal because it's so dangerous. Um, also, she says you're supposed to land all your jumps on one foot. But she did that here. I was like, oh, well, good. You did it on one foot. Just hold, hold. At this point, just hold. And it couldn't be like totally illegal because say as long as land on one foot, maybe we'll be, we will think about. And she finishes her program with her back to the judges. And, you know, usually you skate, you perform, you smile in front of the camera, boom, they give you the mark, next skater. For yeah. me, it took like 10 minutes, seriously, 10 minutes, people think about what should we do. <laughs> it was like, happened? oh my God, they didn't know what to do with me. And I said, whatever, just put a zero and so we can move on. Here are the marks. Did she get nailed? Absolutely. Four, eight, five, two. She knew. How do you get noticed in Olympic competition? Do a backflip. So they didn't change their mind about the backflip in the end. Nope. So she ends up finishing 10th. I was like, yeah, I finished 10th. It's okay. Now, afterwards, a lot of people interpreted that backflip as a big fat middle finger up to the entire skating world. I I know you don't want me to, uh, but I'm going to do this anyway. (laughs) But when I asked Saria if that's what was happening, she said... No, no. I don't know why people keep telling me that. You know, I was just trying to be happy. She said she just wanted something that was hers. Yes, yes, yeah. Had anyone ever done this backflip onto one blade before? No, 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 no. I'm the one who created this one. It's why it's called the Bonali. Oh, that's called the Bonali? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm the only one who did it. Wow. Yeah. You're the first person in the history of the human race who has done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So knock on wood, I hope, you know, <laughs> I'll be able to die in peace. Don't steal my backflip. It's mine. <laughs> I'll do my best. Yeah, but yeah, it's mine. So I'm just curious, like, what has happened since this story ended? Well, uh, she retired from figure skating after the 98 Olympics. Um, she continues to do ice shows occasionally. But right now, I think the main thing that she's doing is she's coaching. She lives in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and she's coaching young skaters, yeah. But, but like, when we asked people, like, oh, did she 
did she change the sport? Did she change figure skating? The answer they would keep giving to us was no. No, she didn't. Yeah. A lot of people were like, eh. You know, yeah. it's not like all of a sudden, you know, figure skating rinks across the country, across the world were flooded with little black girls learning their socals and their lutzes and things like that. <laughs> I, I will say um, from my from from what I can tell for the first time that there are there's more than one black skater competing <laughs> at the same time <laughs> internationally at least what, what about backflips are there backflips everywhere no no backflips no sadly are they still illegal they are They're... still illegal oh, wow. yeah yes so um she was just this sort of like almost this sort of blip on the mm. skating scene where she was just you know no one was like her before and there hasn't really been anyone like her since but but there is this kind of ironic thing, I guess, which is that if you took her and 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 you put her in competition today, if she was competing on the world stage today, she would uh, probably do better than she did back then. <laughs> They've changed the 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 scoring system, so so now um, you get points for doing the kinds of power moves that she was doing way back when. And and even if you if you spill, even if you fail at those moves, you you still get points. You get points for trying. Yeah, just for for daring. And Surya was uh, was was daring. She was a darer. Producers Latif Nasser and Tracy Hunt. Tracy spent the last few months with us producing that story as part of the WNYC Fellows Program. Tracy, we will miss you a lot. The piece was produced by Matt Kilty. Original music from Matt and also from Dylan Keefe. Special thanks to Vanessa Riley, Moira North, skaters Aliza Anjali and Christian Irwin from the Ice Theater of New York, and to Ed Haber for recording it all, and a very heartfelt thanks to Marilyn Wiggins. I'm Jad Abumrad. I'm Robert Krulwich. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Maureen, and I'm calling from Charlottesville, Virginia. Radiolab was created by Jad Abumrad and is edited by Soren Wheeler. Lulu Miller and Latif Nasser are our co-hosts. Dylan Keefe is our director of sound design. Our staff includes Simon Adler, Jeremy Bloom, Becca Bressler, Rachel Cusick, Aketi Foster-Keys, W. Harry Fortuna, David Gable, Maria Paz Gutierrez, Sindhu Nayansampandan, Matt Keelty, Annie McEwen, Alex Neeson, Sara Kari, Anna Rasquit-Paz, Sarah Sonbach, Arian Wack, Pat Walters, and Molly Webster. Our fact checkers are Diane Kelly, Emily Krieger, and Natalie Middleton. Hi, this is Beth from San Francisco. Leadership support for Radiolab science programming is provided by the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation, Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative, and the John Templeton Foundation. Foundational support for Radiolab was provided by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation. Radiolab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder.
Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org slash podcast. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.